0: Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about essential skills that shaped a leader. KC and I were celebrating a bittersweet event. Her coaching was ending. Again. For now. She and I had first worked together when she was a young rising star at her global firm. The company felt she could become a future leader, but only if she learned to play more nicely in the sandbox with others. To help her, they had given her a coach, me. That initial coaching had gone very well. Over the years, she and I worked together several more times— I had a front row seat as she made her way up an extremely competitive ladder. Now she was poised for a promotion that would have her reporting directly to the CEO. She had achieved a lot. Casey didn't take her achievements for granted. She knew she had worked hard for them. She was proud that her very first 360-degree feedback report had been full of words like rough edges harsh, judgmental, and sharp elbows, while her most recent report was a blanket of words like generous, kind, caring, and inspirational. Humble and grateful, Casey attributed much of her growth to the ideas she had discovered during our coaching conversations. I was honored that she thought so. Because she liked to reflect on her growth, Casey and I had developed a ritual. We both came to our final sessions with a list of the one or two ideas we thought had made the most difference to her during the engagement. We continued that ritual now. She asked, how many have you got? Two, I answered. You? Same here. You want to go first? Sure, I said. My first one, catastrophic thinking. "'I've been listening to you, Casey, and I just don't hear it anymore. "'A lot of your stories used to take catastrophic turns, "'but these days I don't hear you anywhere near catastrophic thinking.'" She shook her head, smiling. "'When I think back to some of the things I used to worry about, "'do you remember when I almost called Paul in the middle of the night "'because I was so freaked out about a contract? "'Man, I was wacky in those days.'" "'You weren't wacky, Casey. You were just catastrophizing. "'You'd been doing it all your life.'" I know, I know, it's a survival skill, she said. It made me a good competitor, too, but it wasn't fun. I'm glad to be out from under it. I bet, I said. What do you think helped lower the volume on your catastrophe meter? Reality testing, she said. Asking myself, is that likely to happen? Is it even possible that it could happen? And then trusting that I know the answer. You know, Don't tie myself up in knots, second-guessing myself. Move on. You know what I've found? When I'm not catastrophizing, I have so many more choices. Choices, I asked? Yeah, she said, when I catastrophize, I get super focused on fixing whatever I think the problem is. It doesn't feel like a choice. But once I start reality testing, it's like I'm looking out from a hilltop. I can see all different directions. It's so much better. I'm glad for you, I said. Me too, she said. What's your other one? Fewer words, I answered. You're doing it more and more with me. I hear the difference. You're using fewer words. You repeat yourself less. You speak in shorter sentences. I think it's going to make a big difference for you in front of the senior team. It already has, she said. The way I talk in our business reviews is so much different from what I used to do. I'm much more concise now. And do you know where else? with my teams. I am getting good at editing while I talk. What's that like, I asked. While I am talking, I say to myself, short sounds confident, stop talking sooner. And I do. I have no doubt that it's better. I can hear it. Oh, but you know when it's tough? Wow, if I am tired... Self-editing takes a lot of energy. If it was a bad night with the kids, I probably can't do it as well. I said, you just said fewer words is better. Was fewer words one of the items on your list? No, but it could have been. Catastrophic thinking could have been too. But nope, I've got two others. Here's my first one. Relationships over results. I remember the moment when I felt that switch flip. Do you remember this story? About you and Paul in New York? Yeah, it is still in my head like a vision. You know, we're standing in the lobby of the hotel. All I want to do is go up to my room and be quiet for a while. But he wants to tell me these ideas about the presentation we're making the next day. I swear, it was like there were two roads in front of me, clear as day. One road was results. Go up to my room. Get some work done. Recharge for the next day. The other road was relationships. Sit down, listen to one of my direct reports, tell me his ideas. And you know, there just wasn't much debate. Clearly, I was going to sit down and listen to him. And that was different from what I had always done before. And I am so glad I did it. It was great. Great how? I asked. That conversation strengthened our connection. At least it did on my side. I won't speak for him, but I think it did. He speaks up more now than he used to, and that's great. Plus, that night, he had two really good ideas, and that was great, too. I said, you invested in the relationship, and the results got better, too. She shook her head at a memory. Well, you and I used to argue about that. Do you remember? Results versus relationship? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's why the story is so great. I used to be so driven. You know, Put points on the scoreboard. Points are all that matters. I just don't think that way anymore. How did that change? She thought, and then said slowly, I started believing relationships matter. And it wasn't either or. You can get results and build relationships too. Getting results doesn't have to mean dead bodies. Anymore, I said with a smile. Right, yeah, it used to mean dead bodies for sure. Those were my rough edges, which brings me... To my second item, I am not over this one by any means, but it's so clear to me how important it is. Don't take things personally. I said, uh She said, I don't think I told you this, but at our last business review, Ameka, the CFO, threw a real hardball question at me. And he wasn't being mean or anything, but he really put me on the spot. And you know what? It just felt like a volley in tennis. I played it back to him the best I could, and I moved on. Later that night, I was thinking, you know, at another time in my life, that question would have gutted me. I would have been so wounded. How could he ask me that in front of the team? Couldn't he at least have given me a heads-up? I would have taken it completely personally, and now it barely registers. I said, it sounds similar to not catastrophizing. Does it, she asked? Don't take it personally feels different to me from not catastrophizing. To me, not taking things personally is about separation. Mecca's going to do whatever he does, and whatever he does isn't about me. He's him. I'm me. But not catastrophizing, she stopped talking, lost in thought. And then she said, no, actually, now that I think about it, you're right. They're both about perspective aren't they? When I catastrophize, I lose perspective on what's real. When I take something personally, I lose perspective on the other person. I guess they're more connected than I thought. I nodded. That's interesting. She said, you know another way they connect? Abundance. They both have their roots in abundance. You know, if I really believe there's enough of everything to go around, I don't have to take anything personally. And if I stop believing in catastrophes, I don't have to hoard anything. I can live in abundance, and I want to live in abundance. I'm such a better person when I do. Maybe abundance should be on your list, I said with a smile. Maybe it should, she agreed. Within a year of that closing conversation, KC got her promotion. She was generous with gratitude for the skills that she had learned that had allowed her to grow into the look and sound of leadership. I'm so glad to tell you about Casey. Casey was unlike any leader I had met. I will tell you my favorite story about Casey, and then I'll tell you why. I think it's important. So it was our very first coaching conversation. I was in her office and I had brought her 360-degree feedback report with me. Now, I knew this report was pretty harsh. There were a lot of people who were upset with her, and they were not pulling their punches in this report. It's my job to deliver this report, but I don't really know this woman, right? I have no idea how she might respond. I hand her the report. She begins reading, and she's not, like, racing through it. She's taking it in. She gets to the last page, she closes it, she looks at me and she asks, Can I read this again? And I say, sure. And this time through, she gets a colored pen and she digs in. She is making notes and she's circling and she's drawing arrows. And this time, when she's all done, she looks at me and she says, Where do I start? Casey is still that way. She is still serious about wanting to be better tomorrow than she is today. She is committed to her development. Over the years, I have felt that this is actually an essential skill of hers, committing to your development. I want to add that to the four essential skills that came out of the episode. So, The four essential skills that you heard in the episode were conquer, catastrophic thinking, Use fewer words, value relationships as highly as results, and don't take anything personally. Those were the four. We're going to now add a fifth one, commitment to development. So if you wanted to make a commitment to your development, how would you go about it? I want to encourage you start with this question. What part of you would you like to be better a year from now? Now, maybe you've already gotten some feedback that's going to help you decide what part of you that will be. Maybe you can see that your workplace really values leaders who have one particular skill, and that will help you decide what part to work on. Perhaps you've listened to this episode, and one of these skills caught your ear. Great. Once you find a skill to focus on, think of it every day. You don't know what you're going to find. Just get interested in it. Follow it down the rabbit hole. Talk about it with people. Make it your new obsession. If you commit to it like that, it will be better a year from now. So if you'd like to commit to your development but you aren't sure which skill to start with, here are three resources for you. They're all linked in the show notes. The first one is linked to another episode like this one. It has its own list of, quote-unquote, essential skills. That episode is called The Executive Executive. Maybe listen to that one, and maybe there will be a skill there that will spark you. The second link is to a PDF in the Essential Tools bin called Four Factors Executives Need to Be Effective. So there's another list that you could look at to find something that sparks you. And the third link is my email address. If you're ready to make a commitment to your development, let me know how I can support you. Reach out to me. I'm happy to help. All of that is the idea of making a commitment to your development. It was an essential skill for KC. I think it can be for you, too. KC is such a great model for leadership. There's so much I learned from watching KC. I want to pull two more skills out of her story. Think about the activity of the episode. What were we doing together? We were coming to the coaching session with the specific intention of reflecting on what had worked for her. The whole ritual was one of reflection. I do not do this with every client, but KC loves to do it. And this is her skill that I want to put on the list, the ability to reflect. Casey was always asking herself, what could I do better? What lesson can I learn here? Her thoughts turned inward automatically. She would think about her actions, and she would think about her thinking. Reflection was a natural part of who she was. And over the years, her ability to reflect gave her a lot of benefits. One was she gained mastery over her brain. You know, sometimes when her thoughts turned inward... They would get out of control. They would turn into catastrophic thinking. But she was able to reflect on those experiences, learn from them, and over time her ability to reflect gave her mastery over her brain. Another benefit from her ability to reflect was that she shifted her beliefs about results and relationships. When she and I first met, she was results-driven to an extreme. Relationships were real, yeah, sure, but, you know, they were just a means to an end. They weren't in any way her main focus. But as she reflected more and more on the impact she was having on people and she looked at her own part in that, she did not see the person she wanted to see. She wanted to show up differently, Her ability to reflect allowed her to notice the gap and it allowed her to make changes. If you want to build your muscle around this really critical ability to reflect, how would you do it? I've got two more resources for you. Both of them are in the essential tools bin on our website. You can grab them for free. The first one is a PDF with resources to mindfulness. If you want to develop the ability to reflect Mindfulness will help without a doubt, and it's very pleasant. So that's number one. Number two, to help you be more reflective, on page two of a PDF that links to an episode called Building Self-Awareness, there is a three-question real-time check-in, three questions you ask yourself. If you want to build your ability to reflect, learn these questions. Ask them of yourself all the time. That practice will build your muscle around your ability to reflect. Both those tools are ways that you could build your ability to reflect. Please help yourself. One more skill right after this month's gratitude. I recorded an interview on another person's show the other day, and before we got started, the host and I were talking about our shows, right? And one of the things that just came out of me naturally was how grateful I am for all of you I told him how great you all are and how lucky I feel to have an audience like you. I am so grateful. Thank you very much. I'm grateful to the individuals who've reached out to work and partner with me. I've heard from team leaders who have invited me to their offsites. Thank you. I've heard from founder CEOs who have asked me to help them think about their ventures. I have heard from a nurse in Oregon who simply is committed to her development. Talking with every one of you has been a pleasure. Thank you. And thanks, as always, to people who leave reviews. You know, it really makes such a difference. This month, all from the U.S., thank you to S. Schiff32, P.S. McMullen1, and, continuing his streak month after month, Todd Thompson. Thank you. And by the way, I recently figured out there have been a couple other reviewers who have posted more than one review. David Lanchart and Thai French from Thailand, thank you for posting more than once. I really appreciate the support. Okay, one final skill of Casey's that I think is worth putting on your essential skills list. The skill is called Speak for Yourself. So during the episode, there was a moment when Casey made a point of speaking for herself. I don't know if you noticed it or not. She told the story about talking with Paul that night in New York. And then she said, that conversation strengthened our connection. And then she said, well, at least it did on my side. I won't speak for him, but I think it did. That is the epitome of someone speaking for herself. I am only going to tell you what I truly know. I am not going to speak for others. It is a challenging way to speak and a powerful way to speak. Casey's ability to speak that way earned her a reputation as someone who could be trusted. It served her really well. But this idea of speaking for yourself, I think, is not always easy, especially for leaders, right? Think about as you rise in an organization, it often becomes your responsibility to speak for others even when you're not crazy about the message. So maybe senior leadership is sending out a message that you know is going to be unpopular, And it is your job to support it. How do you speak for yourself in that situation? Or maybe you have to deliver difficult feedback about someone's impact on their teammates. How are you going to deliver the feedback and also speak for yourself? Casey, who was reflective and committed to her own development often used her time during our coaching sessions to figure out how she was going to speak for herself in different situations. She and I would rehearse together. And what emerged, I heard, over time was her leadership voice. She learned to speak for herself. It was really inspiring. If speaking for yourself sounds interesting to you, what are you going to do? I'm going to suggest two different tools. The first one, go to the book the four agreements, and study the first agreement. It's called Be Impeccable with Your Word. That chapter will challenge how you think about the words that come out of your mouth. It will help you speak for yourself. The second idea is, what if you were to frame this idea of speaking for yourself as assertion Finding your voice. If that interests you, there are three episodes that you really might be interested in showing teeth, the voice of authority, and assertion versus aggression. I've put all the links to all the episodes, all the PDFs, all the tools, all the links are in the show notes. If you're hungry for more sparks, take a look in the library. This episode is in three categories executive presence, leadership, and self talk. Five individual episodes that you might listen to are Building Empathy, Don't Take Anything Personally, right? If you want to know more about that one, I've actually done several episodes on it. It's so important. An episode called The Executive Executive, which I've already told you about, which has a list of skills in it, Personal Connections, if you're thinking about results in relationships, and Short Sounds Confident, if you'd like to use fewer words, I hope something in that list inspires you. And if it does, I hope you'll let me know what it is. Okay, that's it from me. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.